okay uh, so episode 47 and uh, so uh, thank you for joining thank you for taking your time uh, i'm really glad that uh, you agreed to talk with me about the article that you've written thank you for the opportunity i appreciate that okay uh, so uh, so before we start talking about anything else uh, can you just tell us tell everyone who is listening about the article that you've written and the importance of it just give us a brief idea of what you've written absolutely so first of all i would like to thank you for providing this forum and i think you know the issues that we are going to be discussing they are very relevant for the times today um, and essentially uh, i would like to say that you know it is not to offend anybody but rather it is trying to look at a problem uh, from the perspective of providing a solution right mm-hmm. uh, so the, the problem is there are several people in this world who are unable to have children and i believe uh, you know the, the the term called infertility is hmm. used but it does not cover all the people who are affect, affected by the issue of wanting children but not be able to have a child okay and specifically thing is specifically we we already have recognized uh, that there's a significant percentage of the population in the adults uh, who are infertile and are unable to have children on their own and there is inequity amongst that adult population hmm. and further this is exasperated for children of such adults because they all they have to face the exact same issues that infertile adults face in addition to that the children as everybody knows are both innocent and voiceless hmm. so while adults may get a forum to you know discuss their issues like you have provided for me today unfortunately the children are left voiceless and they don't have a forum let alone they don't even understand the issues hmm. that they are facing so as a society as a civilized society the question is do such children also deserve the same equity as other children or do we let you know leave them by the wayside simply for the way they are born you know uh, throughout the article as i was going through it you know i realized there were so many issues connecting to one particular aspect of infertility as you mentioned because once everything falls into perspective you try to understand what is happening and try to look at everything through the lens of some through some filtered lens because that is how everything is in reality right so if without any legal perspective backing it up i don't see any uh, any problem getting solved so how do you think the legal framework is right now in this situation so let's talk about that right and i think you know if a person cannot have a child what are some of the options that they have uh, and this is not in the last you know 5 10 20 years this is time immemorial right this is mm, how yeah. uh, humans have been dealing with solving infertility 
So adoption is probably the most known, well, well known option that infertile adults have uh, to have a child, right? Mm, Which yes. in my opinion falls into the category of third party reproductive health, mm. right? Um, and because it was a third party who had, had a child and then they agreed to let you adopt a child, right? Mm. Now, because this has happened for you know probably decades, centuries, eons, literally, there, it's a very mature and a well-known process. And as a result, there are very mature policies, laws, legal framework. Also, in case somebody does not follow the laws or legal framework, there is a forum provided for the victims, for the survivors, right? Hmm. Uh, however, when you start looking at you know, the options that have been available in the last maybe say 10, 20, 30 years, right? Hmm. Uh, there is this option called IVF and surrogacy. Yeah. It stands for in vitro fertilization, right? And surrogacy. And we can go into, you know, the different medical procedures and what exactly this entails from a child's perspective for because each is a unique condition. Hmm. Um, but suffice it to say right now that there are no comprehensive laws around this specific technology. So first hmm. and foremost, IVF surrogacy is a medical technology designed yes. to help human beings or others, you know, that there are several other animal breeds who are also uh, reproduced using IVF, right? So, but first and foremost, it's a technology. And any technology can be used for good or bad. That doesn't mean the technology is good or bad. That just means humans can be good or bad, hmm. right? Hmm. And in my opinion, the laws have not kept up with the technology. Okay. So while the technology is speeding and accelerating at a breakneck speed and people are consuming this technology, uh, not everything turns out hunky-dory. Not everything is always humane or positive. Uh, there are you know, some dark clouds, so to speak. Hmm. And that's the purpose of laws and policies in a civilized environment where they have to think of all possible scenarios. Hmm. So with respect to the uh, legal identity crisis that you mentioned in your uh, article, so how do you think that is uh, being affected? Like what is the scenario behind that? Like how do you uh, put into words uh, something as important as uh, legal identity or the basic uh, Identi identical um, identity uh, problem for a person? Absolutely. So no, thank you for asking that question. And I, I would like to respond by saying that it's, you know, no matter how complex a problem is, it's easiest to solve it if you break it down into smaller pieces, right? Mm, yes. And, and, and these issues are so complex that no one single person uh, can solve it. it. It has to be solved with you know, help from others and others 
understanding the situation, you know, coming together and uniting to provide a solution, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. I, I'm simply asking, what is the solution, right? So when you look at this whole issue, right? When you think, sit back and think about infertility, at the end of the day, what is the issue? The issue is identity, isn't it? Yeah. The adult wants to procreate. The adult wants to have a lasting uh, bond with some a fellow human being, right? Um, they, they want to maybe leave behind a legacy. I mean, everybody has different reasons uh, for wanting a child, but ultimately it is about their identity. Hmm. Yeah. Right. And ironically speaking, in pursuing their own identity, we are sometimes, right, sometimes leaving an innocent child at birth without a legal identity. Those are some very powerful words. Let it sink in. But as a result, you are denying fundamental rights of a human being. Hmm. And the birth of a child is a cause for celebration not a cause for trauma and torture because of denial of rights. Okay, so um, uh, talking about that itself, uh, do you think, uh, because it is important to understand that the society has a really major role to play in every scenario that is happening, even the legal identity issue that you pointed out that we were talking about right now, even that has a really uh, lasting relationship with how it plays out in the society itself. So how do you think society plays a major role in shaping every idea that is being present in the legal framework? And don't you see that uh, it would be, you know, because the society changes so fast, so rapidly with every single aspect that is happening, don't you see it would be really difficult to, you know, for uh, hoping that the society would understand? Um, so I, I am split on that, right? In my opinion, I would say it's, it's a function of time, meaning patience. Hmm. So I have no doubt that someday the society will understand because it's not a function of an individual, it's a function of time. Right. So you have, one has to have a lot of patience uh, for these things to come to fruition. Um, and, you know, specifically when we talk about uh, individual uh, legal identity issues, right? So it's one thing to say that, you know, be sensitive to children's issues or, you know, don't talk about certain things uh, in front of children because they're innocent. But then right you one turns around and says well you know two gays or two lesbians had a child together which is illegal or unethical or immoral or you know they used a commercial surrogate and commercial surrogacy is illegal uh, or you know one of any of these reasons are used to deny a birth certificate to a child well, that's more of a reflection on all of us in a civilized society as adults than on the child who has been denied a fundamental right. 
Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now I think now you mentioning all of that put really put everything into perspective, because that is the core principle of what you are trying to uh, establish and what you are trying to uh, tell people through your article. And I think that is one of the most important part that I really uh, like from your work because it tries to help everyone put understand that. Uh, no it depends on each of us coming together to help an innocent kid that is being born so i think we should not blame anything on the child as such and whatever is being done in the society is the fault of the society itself the way it is being run so i think uh, looking at that perspective how do you see uh do you see anything any changes happening in the recent like uh, in the re- near future or will it take more time well unfortunately i think uh, the governments are aware of the situation and right i mean this is globally all governments are aware of the situation uh, so they are solving it but sadly they are solving it at one piece meal at a time right one case at a time mm-hmm. and there is no holistic approach to solving the issue because let's get some facts on the table right so number one the who defines infertility as somebody who has been trying to have a child for x amount of time but is unable to have a child right hmm, yeah and they defined it as a medical condition it's world health organization they deal with health conditions so right there and then of course it propagates which is other health uh, organizations they inherit that including the icmart uh, which is the indian uh, council on medicine uh, right who has inherited that definition right the problem hmm. with that definition is it excludes gay couples uh lesbian couples or intersex couples transgender couples single parents right because hmm. none of these uh people none of these adults who are wanting to have a child have to wait even an iota right whether it's one second or one minute or six months or one year to prove that they cannot have a child all by themselves the only way they can have a child is with help of fellow human beings hmm. so having the definition change because policies flow from the basic definition and in my opinion the basic definition is Uh, excluding a significant part of the population hmm. and even if we don't agree that s- certain part of the population should not have children the issue is that once a child is born let us not use that dogma or the thinking to punish the child by denying them basic rights that's wrong hmm. so that's- <clears throat> okay i'm sorry sorry uh, please continue so that's point number 1 right so having a inclusive and a compassionate approach is how 
infertility gets solved for thousands of years. Nobody is solving infertility without compassion, right? Without uh, being inclusive. So the fundamental principles of solving infertility for thousands of years has been around compassion and inclusivity. And if we, we walk away from those basic principles, it's like we are questioning thousands of years of past experience, number one. Number two, we have, you know, because of the global market today uh, and constant traveling and such, there is this unique concept where adults from country X may go to country Y to have a child and the child is born without the mother or the father or fathers or mothers, whatever we want to call parents, uh, being around. You know, in a traditional birth, this would not be possible. Uh, where one of the parents may have gone for a job or you know, uh, be out on work or maybe some other business or family work or personal work, but you know, at least one of the parents is always around when a child is born. Typically, obviously the mother, the one who gives birth. But we are changing that definition, right? We are changing the definition of when a child is born because of this uh, surrogacy and specifically international surrogacy, the parents may not even be in the same country where the child is born. And, and that creates a island of jurisdiction because it's kind of like, you know, if a pregnant woman boards a plane, first of all, they have to have medical certificates to be allowed to board a plane. Mm. And even if they do, and for whatever reason, it's rare, very, very rare, but if the child is born in air, then of which country does the child become a citizen of? Who issues the birth certificate, mm. right? Okay. And now the international community has come together and has agreed that as rare a situation as this is, and in fact, we will discourage airlines to allow late-term pregnant women to be onboarded a flight, especially an international flight, uh, citing medical reasons for both the mother and the child. Uh, even in the rarest of rare situations, the international community has rallied and said, you know, the child is innocent. They do deserve uh, fundamental rights, including a birth certificate and citizenship. And so there is a framework in place for that. But somehow the exact same thinking is missing for internationally surrogacy born children. Hmm. And I'll make one last point uh, to answer your question about what can the society do? So you may have heard of something called blood diamonds. Hmm, yeah. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that terminology. But uh, similarly, uh, to stop the exploitation and abuse of innocent children and labor, uh, there was the international outcry and they instituted the Kimberley process, hmm. which, which came, came about because people were probably having 
open discussions around blood diamonds, just like we are having discussion right now about quote unquote blood babies, hmm. right? Uh, as insensitive it may sound, uh, it, it, it is what the fact is for the children, right? Um, so the world came together, they understood the problem, and they provided a solution, which is called the Kimberley process for blood diamonds and to stop unfair trade and practices which exploited and abused innocent children and others, right? So mm. what my point is, we can come together, we can provide a solution, uh, assuming that you know we can discuss issues openly, spread awareness, right? And hopefully someday we have something very similar to what Kimberly process is for blood diamonds. We have something very similar international process for protection of rights of innocent surrogacy born children at an international level because it will take all of us to get that. Yeah, I think on that point, uh, which you got in about international uh, community coming together, I think that is one of the most important elements for every problem to be solved where, uh, where there are multiple parties at stake. I think if every person comes together where it is a topic is related to every single person, like uh, something like this, Every single person might go through that. Uh, no one knows how it will happen. But if someone goes through that, like at an international scale, I think there must be international guidelines which are mandated to all the countries. So it would provide for a safe, uh, safe net for every person. No, and coming to the point of uh, uh, you bringing up the international perspective, uh, where do you think the jurisdictional issue should lie? Like you gave us the example of a pregnant woman flying on an airplane. So if, a preg if the child is born on air, like how do you think the jurisdictional issue should uh, flow? You mean in that specific case or are you talking about surrogacy born children? Uh, just for that uh, example. So just explain that example and then we can talk about uh, surrogacy born children as well. Sure. So I, I don't claim to be an expert in international air travel and the law surrounding it, but based on what I have read in situations like this, where a child is born midair uh, on a plane, uh, then, you know, I think they have an option of uh, the child getting citizenship of the destination country or the origin country right or the, uh, or the country where the child uh, where the plane had to land because of an emergency and the child was born maybe not in midair but in a country where the plane had to land because of the emergency and the child was born there right so the choice is given right uh, to the child or i guess in this case the parents of the child uh, to decide which country of citizenship the child can take. But uh, but don't you think it would be easier for everyone if the child gets the citizenship of the parent itself, like the parent? So if if we take like a hypothetical example, where someone from different from a different nationality is traveling through different international countries, 
So if a, such a situation might arise, don't you think it'd be easy for uh, the baby to, you know, get the nationality of the parent itself? That's not my point. My point is that we already have a statement of pr procedure, right? Mm. We have what I think they call it soft, where on what to do in case of rarest of rare situations like this. Hmm. Right? Whether I agree with it or not is a different discussion, I think, which is what you are asking. Mm -hmm. My point is that in the rarest of rare situations, we still have the government machinery, not just one nation, but internationally, who have come together and defined a standard statement of procedure, a protocol to follow. It's the law, right? Whereas the exact same thought process and thinking is missing for children born of international service. Hmm. So something that is given on a platter for most of the children who are born in this world, majority of them, uh, the exact same fundamental rights uh, has to be, it's a gut-wrenching fight for a children born out of international surrogacy and then make statements. As if they are asking for something special. They are not. Hmm. Okay, uh, so coming to uh, another important perspective that you got in through your article. So you time and again mentioned about equity being as like the word that you've used is equity. Like what was the thought process when you were writing that? Like why equity? What was the importance of it? So it, it has come about um, through multitude years of uh, having to explain that to different people and specifically having to explain the, that to people who run the machinery, including the judiciary and the legislative and the executive arms of governments uh, you know, across the globe, right? Mm -hmm. So some things that comes up uh, is, you know, one of the things that I've mentioned is that there's an intersection uh, between fighting for gender equity and solving infertility issues. Hmm. And so there is a common set of issues that we are talking about. For example, you know, intolerance, uh, patriarchy and dogma. There is a, a desensitivity. Uh, you know, power and money. So if you have power and money, none of these things matter. Your children will get everything they want, right? Uh, you have, there is a, a case of inaccessibility. Um, and uh, so, you know, inaccessibility meaning who do you go talk to? What is the nodal agency who will address these issues, right? Uh, and also uh, th this notion that, well, surrogacy is wrong, it's illegal, so you should have never been born. Yeah, well, that's great. You can tell that to, you know, an adult. Are you, but they are not the ones asking for a birth certificate. The birth certificate is being asked by a newborn child. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the optics are being missed by the decision makers, so to speak, right? Um, and the, it's a lifelong issue. Uh, meaning, here, here's your birth certificate. Now go away. Yeah, but what did you write on the birth certificate? Uh, you know, if the name on the birth certificate, the name says mother, 
is an anonymous surrogate, then that issue will come up again at every single place that somebody has to use their birth certificate. Mm. Right? And then, so it's a repetition. It's a feeling of deja vu. It, 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 this is not a single point problem. Right? So, so for example, so, you know, as civilized adults, we may want to sensitize innocent children uh, from these kind of situations. Uh, so should we uh, not allow in innocent children to view their own birth certificate because it says anonymous surrogate as the mother? Or is that something the issuing authority should have thought of? Right? So you, we are caught up in this, and it's not just one single issue, right? As you can see, this is a domino effect, right? You are, one day you might be dealing with issue of birth certificate, next day it might be issue of getting a passport, the next day it might be an issue of trying to get admission to a school for the child, and so, or, you know, getting other legal identity documents, because the entire system is set up with the premise of child, XX female mother, XY male father, hmm. right? So hmm. if you deviate from any one of these requirements, it's like you're asking, or you're not asking, but you're digging up 10,000 year old history because hmm. the system does not know how to help an innocent child who has no legal mother. Hmm. So the equity that you ask about is equity at all levels. It gets into everything that a child does uh, as a living, breathing human being. And one of the things I like to say is that, you know, Normal people have dreams, and that's great. Children who are born through international surrogacy, they just dream to be normal. Mm. Yeah, that's a statement there. Okay, so coming, uh, you know, I wanted to ask you one thing about uh, your choice of using equity, as you explained. So. If we replace equality in that same situation, like uh, instead of equity, would equality, the word equality do justice? In my opinion, it would not. And the reason is that, um, well, and let me rephrase that. While a textbook definition of equality would be okay, hmm. what I have found in reality is that equity is a more realistic expectation than equality. Hmm. So okay. as you can say, I've already reduced my ability to dream level. Right? Hmm. I, I, I'm satisfied if we are just given equity, not even equality because I think we may not ever reach equality within my life for this specific issue. It would be great. I would not uh, reject it if it was offered, but 
based on the experiences we have had, uh, it's it's a fight. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I think that that leads me to asking you about the utopian. I mean, what I feel my personal opinion about uh, the your use of compassion and patience, which are really important ideas to for everyone to inculcate. I think the use of compassion and patience to solve any issue would be really important. But do you see that happening? Like, no matter, uh, not not now, not in the long run. Like, do you see that actually happening at any point of time? Because I would think it seems like a really utopian idea to consider itself. Because uh, as you just mentioned, equity would be enough than equality. I think uh, considering all of those situations in mind, do you uh, think compassion and patience would be uh, would happen like people would show all of those characteristics to solve any issue absolutely i think it is absolutely possible and i i talk from first hand experience where <laughs> i have witnessed it and experienced it first hand um and you, you know uh, so case in point a child was not given a birth certificate initially uh, because, uh, you know, the child was born via international surrogacy to an intersex couple. Mm. So as per law, in an intersex couple, who is the mother? Because both are biological males. Mm. And the law requires the mother to be a female. So mm. as a result, the child is being denied a birth certificate, a fundamental right. And after years and years, they finally did uh, provide a birth certificate. So, you know, and clearly, if they'd gone just on the basis of law, uh, the child probably would still have been without a birth certificate. At the end of the day, what ruled was compassion. And yes, it took time. You have to have patience. Hmm. Okay. Is it... Uh, what, what do, what's the word I want to use? Well, is it right? Uh, is that fair? That we would have to ask the child on what all things they missed out because of this justice being delayed. Hmm. Okay, and uh, so I think we have to. Uh, so, uh, what I wanted to ask was another important aspect uh, that you mentioned. So you time you emphasize more on you emphasize a lot on the issue that the girl child would face. So would it would the same situation happen if the boy born if the child was born as a boy? Like would the issues uh, stand out differently or would it remain the same? There would be the exact same issues, right? Because no, the laws do not. Uh, you know, say how to issue birth certificate for a boy child versus a girl child, right? It doesn't state that. Uh, so it would be the exact same set of issues. Uh, and uh, the, you know, there are several international cases that have happened, like, you know, the baby gammy case between Thailand and Australia, hmm. or, or, you know, there's the case in India where the, it was between UK and India, 
uh, where, uh, you know, our honorable uh, external affairs minister, Sushma Swaraj, uh, had tweeted that, you know, is this the fate of a surrogacy-born child of going to a orphanage? Because uh, the passport was being denied for the child simply for the way they were born. Hmm. And, you know, but my opinion on the issue is that if we are going to not follow the lead of something like the Kimberley process, right, meaning provide a solution or not follow the lead of something like child being born midair, meaning even in the rarest of rare cases, we in a civilized society provide a solution, right? Mm -hmm. Then my uh, point would be that in most democratic, civilized governments across the world, the constitution says that it's illegal to discriminate against anybody based on you know, religion, race, caste, creed, nationality, or, or otherwise, right? then we should add a certain word over there, which is, uh, in addition to all of the above, we should add a word called birth type. Whether you are naturally born or surrogacy born, you will be treated at par, right? Creating these uh, islands based on how a child is born is not right. I think uh, what you mentioned right now was a really important aspect. You know, uh, the addition of the birth type, you know, I think that is a really important aspect that you described right now. And, you know, uh, I think this is, this would be one of the last questions that I would want to ask you about uh, your article itself. So, uh, <clears throat> what you talk about the LGBTQ community, uh, <clears throat> or the babies born through surrogacy or any of those uh, uh, conditions. So there is a lot of discrimination and, and uh, some type of a stereotype that is associated to all of that. So where do you think the problem is? Like what is the grassroots? Uh, where is the foremost problem created itself for discrimination to be caused in all of these areas like discrimination against all of these type of people and all of these communities so that's a very good question right it's a great question and it, and like i said earlier these are not single point problems or solutions yeah. right these are they actually have a lot of history and baggage behind it right so when you think about it you know uh, you have this entire community, the LGBTIA community, who is disenfranchised uh, in several ways. And there has been some progress, like for example, in some Western countries, same-sex marriage has now been legalized. Well, that's great. But go ask the people who have been fighting for those rights and for how many years they've been fighting for them, right? The, the, what happens is that whatever issues that they face, either as children or as adults, right? Are the ex they have passed on those same issues 
to children of LGBTIA families. Hmm. So children of LGBTIA families have a, so to speak, inherited a set of issues because of the family they are born into and how they are born. So if a child goes to go get a birth certificate and says, look, I need to survive, I need to live in this world, and this world is based on a system of documentation, uh, please give me a birth certificate, right? That's the reason they're asking for a birth certificate. But the way the laws are defined, it's about who is the mother, who is the father. So if you have a, you know, a child of a gay couple, they have two fathers, no mother. If you have a child of two lesbian couple, uh, sorry, if you have a child of lesbian, uh, then they have two mothers and no father. Or if you have a child of an intersex couple where you have two biological males, but both want to be mothers, whose name goes on which column in the birth certificate? What I'm trying to say is that it quickly gets very complicated, right? And certainly not something that a newborn child would able to, uh, you know, make sense of or even make a articulation of their need, right? Uh, let alone the adults in the room. So they are not, the children are being denied a specific document simply because there is history and baggage of the issues that their adult parents have faced probably since their childhood. So it's about, you know, at some point we have to, you know, say time out, we got to cut this cord, right? And we are, cre we are opening up a Pandora's box of issues, right? And we, we are marginalizing all, an already marginalized community even more, right? It's a minority within a minority. And we need to say that at the end of the day, what's more important in life is truth, freedom, equity, compassion, patience. These are the ideals, right? Tolerance. These are the ideals that And in the interest of our civilization, we need to let this innocent children go. We need to spare the child. So I think uh, that would sum up all the questions that I had for you, you know, in this conversation that we're having. I think what you put, uh, put across the table and what we talked about this time, I think it's really important for everyone to understand the situation and to build up all the core principles of uh, being a human as is. And I think once we understand to, you know, be okay with whatever is happening and try to understand every single aspect of the complex society that we live in, I think that would be one of the most uh, relieving uh, solution for every problem. Absolutely. And, you know, like, I, I, this is not my statement, like somebody else said, that ch change is slow, right? But we got to try. We cannot give up just because it's slow. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really true of them saying that. Okay, so, uh, sir, before we end the show, I usually give 
give my guest 30 seconds to speak their heart out so i'll give you 30 seconds so please tell uh, to the listeners or if it's for anyone in specific or whatever that might be i give you 30 seconds to speak your heart out well thank you so much first of all thank you for this opportunity i'm happy that there are uh, listeners out there who are willing to have a ear for a different opinion so i appreciate your time and given that we've all just come out or you're still coming out of covid but we all had some experience with covid basically what covid taught us all in a, in our own individual ways it's about how to deal with uncertainty there's a lot of uncertainty in life and not just individuals but it's uncertainty for you know uh, communities uh, countries internationally globally everything right uh, so think about that for a moment whatever we gave all experience at our in our own way uh, with covid and uncertainty that's the exact same thing that happens to an innocent child when they are not given a legal identity they face an uncertain future hmm so before we uh, end the in the show i wanted to ask you one more thing uh, for this so what do you think we can do as people to help uh, help solve some situations as complicated as this so well, i have done multitude of things right i have written papers i have uh, started online petitions um all in the interest of spreading awareness so i do have an online petition uh, where i uh, you know i'm more than happy to send you a link you can share it with your uh, listeners and yes. if they feel this is an important issue they can certainly sign support and share as i think ultimately the world community coming together is the solution yeah so uh, sir before i i have one more last thing which is totally unrela- uh, not in relation to what we were talking so what was the last song that you listened to last song that i listened to sweet child of mine <laughs> yeah that's a good song sir yeah okay so thank you sir for for taking your time off for uh, through a day and uh, talking to me about this very important issue so yeah that's all i like to say it was a pleasure talking to you same here likewise thank you so much for your time and i appreciate it okay so on that note it's time to end the show or uh, end the show uh, thank you guys for listening have a great have a great day